Business Bros is your show, where small business professionals just like you come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan C.S., the real estate bro with eXp Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and James C.S., the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. Welcome to another episode of Business Bros. Ooh, Ooh you guys had on we that got, one. We got some extras in the house. <laughs> <laughs> we are excited. This is awesome. Uh, it is July 3rd, so we do have a four-day weekend coming up. However, comma, let me just swing this camera around a little bit this way. We do hey. have Visionary Media representing today, so uh, that's really cool. And, of course... We are excited. We have an awesome guest, an awesome show planned for you. We have Mr. Wait, wait, hang on. Coming all the way from Texas to hang out with us today. H-Town. Mr. Larry White. Thank you so much for joining us, Mr. White. Larry M.F. White. Oh, we got the sound effects. I like it. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) This is what happens when we actually have an audience in the studio. Right? (laughs) I love it. Full house, full house. So what up, ladies and gentlemen? Hernan, host of the Business Business Bros Podcast, along with my co-host... The insurance bro, James C.S. with Pipeline Insurance. And before we get started talking to Larry M.F. White, oh, I got to give the promo real quick. 365 pairs of shoes, ladies and gentlemen. If you have new shoes, you shoes, or cash donations, hit up James, 619-884-0045, or james at csfirst.com. He'll hop on his Harley, the orange one, right over there and pick up those bad boys. Remember, he does insurance, so if you have any of your insurance needs, business, personal life, whatever... Hit them up, 619-884-0045 or james at csfirst.com. You guys ready to rock and roll? We're ready. You ready? I'm ready. Cheers, Larry. You guys over here? You guys ready? Thanks for coming out. Appreciate it, my friend. (laughs) Happy 4th of July. Happy 4th of July. Happy birthday, America. Happy birthday, America. So, Larry, tell me a little bit about yourself. Prior to this whole real estate gig, who was Larry White? So, uh, grew up in Arizona. Man, it's hot. Yeah. Hot there. I, I think about that now when I go back to visit. Dry heat. And I'm like, how the hell did I live here? Like, it's intense when you can cook an egg on the pavement. Like, you can cook brownies in the dash of your car. Like, people are like, oh, it got hot here. It got up to 80 degrees. I'm like, no, like, it's not hot. And so, grew up there, went to Arizona State University, and uh, really, like, never left up until about six, seven years ago. And... I graduated uh, with supply chain management uh, from Arizona State and was an executive at Target and was on the fast track to have my own store at the age of about 25. At that point in time, could have been making six figures, like which would have been awesome at 25 years old to be making six figures. But man, it was a grind. Like between Thanksgiving and Christmas, only having two days off, working 16 hours a day. And I was like, ah, there's more to life. Like, I don't have a family yet, but when I do, this is not how I want to spend it. Yeah, I mean, general manager at a store is yeah. no joke, dude. Yeah, it was, a, and when everybody else has the time off is when you have to work, because that's when you make all your money at the store. So my best friend 
was joining the, the Phoenix Police Department. He's like, hey, you wanna join with me? I looked at the schedule, four 10 hour shifts, and I was like, golden, let's do this. Like three days off every single week. But I took such a massive pay cut, like going over to, to go into the public service sector. And so I didn't think about this at the time, but I blew out my knee in the police academy. Um, shattered my ACL, my MCL, my meniscus, and like that during was, training, or yeah, you like play a sport? No, or? I was ju- I was doing an obstacle course, oh. and my knee hyperextended ninety degrees backwards. Oh no! It was the worst thing I've ever been through. Like, oh, dude, just the pain on that. Yeah, like, dude, I seen Ouch. like football injuries like yeah. that. Those are the ones you kind of yeah. look. Yeah, yeah, you cringe. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like you see, like uh, or basketball, like they come down and it tweaks. Yes, like, it was the worst thing I've been through, and it was the biggest blessing that's ever happened to me. I didn't realize it at the time, but that's what got me into real estate because I had bought my first house at the age of twenty-four. Before I moved into it, the market was going crazy, and it appreciated ninety thousand dollars. And I was like. Oh, this I like is, this game. This I was is like, nice. this is how I can compensate for my income because being a police officer was one of the funnest jobs I've ever had in my entire life. Um, Beats Target. <laughs> when you went from working at Target to being a Target. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but it was fun. It was a rush. And I'm kind of an adrenaline junkie. And so it was a rush every single day. And so then i started i went to school and got my real estate license because it took me nine months to rehab my knee and so i had a lot of surgery after surgery nine Uh, months yeah to rehab and be able to walk normal again and everything else and so during that time the market was so hot i was reading a lot of books i was flipping homes buying and selling buying and selling real estate double escrows um and like it was I realized that making money was a really big rush as well and so at the age of 25 26 man I'll be honest I was super cocky and I thought I had this life thing figured out I had five homes in Arizona two pieces of property in Mexico probably six figures in my savings account and I was like what's like I don't understand life yeah, like, I don't know like, what's everybody complaining yeah like what's what's life so hard and then I learned some really valuable lessons. <laughs> uh, I paid for my education in different ways because when that market turned, I remembered every book that I read. You re- mentioned Robert Kiyosaki on mm-hmm. cassette tapes, right? It's exit strategy, exit strategy. I remember asking my mentor like, dude, what's our exit strategy? Really silver tongue, oh, if we do this, we'll do this, we'll do this. And me being young and dumb and I was making so much money like with everybody else, I was like, cool, like yeah. I believed him. Yeah. Because it had done very well so far. Historically. <laughs> right. And and then I got stuck with five homes that were partially remodeled. I couldn't rent them out. I couldn't sell them and they were depreciating five to ten thousand dollars a month in Arizona. Ouch. And so me being preached to about credit. I started depleting my savings trying to save on like save those homes. There was nothing that I could have ever done to save those homes. They were gone, yeah. So I lost everything. How humbling. And it was very humbling. Uh, but I still knew that I was on to something. And so like two years into the police department, I was like, no, I can do this. Like, And so I went to my dad, who's actually still a police officer, and I was like, I'm going to go in 
full full time. I'm gonna burn my ship. No exit. Like I'm gonna burn my ship and like I'm gonna do real estate. Full force. He's like, what happens if you don't sell a home? I was like, I don't have a choice. Like I just don't have a choice. Like I'm burning my ship. Looking back, I took my pension out of the police department, which was at that time like twenty seven thousand dollars or something, which was a lot of money for a twenty six, twenty seven. You were just year gonna old. float, basically, make sure you got yourself in line. I invested it into a Ponzi scheme. Not that I knew it was a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> and so it was gone like that. When shit was, was like, bad, oh, it went really bad. Man. Yeah. Dude. All right. Well, so okay, so what what when did you decide that you were going to go full time? What what year was this roughly? This was so I got into real estate 2006 because everybody was making money and I was like, "Oh, me too." Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I want to do that too. And like 2007, 2008 when it was like jumping off of a cliff, I was like, "I got this. I got this." And so I was being coached by uh Mike Ferry at the time. Mm-hmm. And young and dumb like i went to my mentors that were closing 20 deal or like 100 deals a year i was like what do i do they're like make 50 calls a day cool what do i say these are the scripts do this and i just kept doing what people told me to so for the first three years of my business i made 50 contacts a day from 8 a.m to 11 a.m every single day cold calling and prospecting and by the end of my third year i was at about 60 closings a year and I, I realized that I could only close so many deals myself. And so that's where I had to start leveraging. And I built a team there in Arizona and started getting into foreclosures and leveraging foreclosures to produce more business and leads. And I think in our prime, we, were, we closed about 322 deals a year. So let me ask you about the team thing, though, because yeah. there's a lot of people who, who take that route, right? Their production gets to a certain level, and then they decide, I'm going to build a team. And they, so, so they get buyer's agents, so they add admin staff, so they do all these things. Mm-hmm. And they're closing large numbers. But what was your what was your profit margin like? Because I know a lot of teams, if they're not built correctly, they're in less than 10% profit margins. Sure. And so this is where... and. and so now I actually coach for Tom Ferry and I coach and train some of the top teams and businesses in the country. So there's definitely a way to do it correctly. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in having a team with 20 people managing all that and you make $200,000 a year. Like that's, there's, I'm like- Your own production can do better. Yeah, I was like, yeah. why would you, like why would you take on that liability, that stress and everything else? Like there's a lot of ego in those statements, Tons right? of ego there. Like, oh, my team yeah. closed $2 million in GCI. Yeah, but how much did you make? Like, well, think back to your target days. There's some people, I mean, you know, who will take a title almost over a race. Yeah. Right? And so that, to me, is what, what I see in the real estate world. They're taking mm-hmm. the prestige of we put down, you know, 400 units this year and we're yeah. getting awards. But, you know, your net was, you know, 150, 200,000. Yeah. So I can tell you, like, I actually, like, built a really well-established team. I had open house agents because my foreclosures produce so much activity. I can produce three times as many leads off of a foreclosure property than I can from a traditional listing. And so investor leads, this, I had open house teams where I did not give them one lead. Their whole job was to do one open house every single week and follow my system. Like, and so like coaching's kind of always been in my background, but how do we have this system so monday tuesday we're off wednesday you door knock the neighborhood thursday you did all the social media campaigns friday 
Um, you were going and placing all the signs where they needed to be. Saturday, we had our open house. Sunday, you do follow up with all those leads and you just do that. You follow that Repetition. cycle. Yeah. And if you followed that, you could be very successful because we were producing 30, 40 people through each of our open houses at that point in time. And so your database starts building. They go into my database. We have the lead follow-up campaign. So it was a system. Here's the widget, put it in the system and make sure that it works. And those agents, so I didn't spend a dollar on lead production for them. And I was splitting commission with them 50-50. That's a good. That's a good model. Yeah. yeah. So it was great. So I, I agree with you. So my team was very profitable. If I had a listing agent on my properties, they were handling the calls, doing the work. They were only uh, taking a twenty-five percent referral fee because it was an education experience, right? It was. I was. It has to be a value to both sides, and this is where I see teams as lopsided. Most of the times, it's one-sided. Most of the time, to the team leader. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, most of the time to the to the team leader, and so that's why they have such high turnover ratios. Like, if I have somebody on my team, I want to coach them up. I want to teach them to be my next replacement at the end of the day. Oh, absolutely. That's the only way you get free mm-hmm. time, right? You have to you have to replace yourself. That goes in any. It, it's it's funny because we're we're talking a little bit about your target days and the whole corporate structure. Yeah, I mean that's that's a pyramid in and of itself. Like if you're yeah. gonna elevate yourself in that corporate ladder, you need to replace yourself. Yeah, and and it works pretty much in any type of field. Speaking of moving up the ladder, you ended up changing brokerages. Yeah. So so here so here's my path, right? I started. Um, you know myself and when i had my huge team i was i was a big kw agent and you know they kind of preached this profit sharing model i took 44 agents over to kw and i was like oh dude i'm gonna be out i'm never gonna have to work again and learn some lessons like my my highest profit sharing check was 238 dollars which was like oh like Slap a smack of it's like what is this? This isn't what we signed up for. But still, it was a better model for me to run my business under KW than having the liability, compliance, et cetera, under my own. Mm -hmm. So after I transitioned out of that, I actually opened up a brokerage for uh, auction.com where we used the auction platform to generate leads. So my team was there. This was when we hosted live auctions. Mm -hmm. And so we would get thousands of people like showing up to these arenas and our team would come out and everybody that came out that door i would have buyers agents there saying oh you didn't get the property that you were looking for i have a list of foreclosed properties here if you would like to see them right boom so i opened up a brokerage for them um they decided to get out of the brokerage business and then um i was like the 286 person for carrington real estate services and ended up kind of going up that corporate ladder in real estate as well and helping them grow to around 3,000 agents at the end of the day. So you, you've had a history of bringing people on. Like you've, mm-hmm. you've decided early on in your career that, okay, production is great, mm-hmm. but training is better. Tra- so here's what I would say. Training, training is, a, is a hard one because there's so much of it out there. Mm-hmm. It's the people. Like, how do you add value to get the top producing people underneath you? Because they're going to add value to whatever brokerage they go to, and they're going to constantly be shopped. This is where, as a leader, you have to add value to whoever is on your team. 
That's how you retain them, whether it's a team, whether it's a brokerage or something like that. You have to lead with value. If you're not a value, they're going to find somebody else that is a value to them. Because they want to elevate their game too. Absolutely. Nobody wants to just kind of stay at status quo. And then as a leader, like you have to figure out how to push them without pushing them over the edge, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And that's the hard part of kind of managing people at the end of the day. Well, let's well. face it. The, the top producers are also type A personalities. Mm-hmm. So you're dealing with that aspect as well as bringing them something that'll help elevate their game. Yeah. And this is what I realized. So then after Carrington, when we decided to part ways... Um, I went over to one of my largest clients, which was Zome or Mr. Cooper. Um, at one point, I had over 2,500 listings across the country that I would give out to agents. We would take referral fees, right? So mm-hmm. again, just kind of leveraging, how do I talk to one person that gives me 3,000 listings at a time versus going to talking to 3,000 3, individuals? individuals. Yeah. yeah. And so... I went to work for them and helped them expand their brokerage. And that contract lasted a year and a half or so. And so I realized that I was actually like taking this time to build everybody else's business. And when we parted ways, I had no ownership. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, there has to be a better way. And that's uh, you know, what took me to my last brokerage, which was about 18 months ago, where I came on with EXP and started the powerhouse realty group over there and it has been life-changing in 18 months i literally have systems in place where my team there in houston i launched six weeks ago we've taken 15 listings in the last six weeks our first open house we drove 155 people through that open house and our team has grown to 12 people in the first six weeks And now it's just catching on because people are like, how'd you drive this many people? And so now I have all these systems in place to do that. And 18 months into it, just through being on the EXP structure, one, I'm going to produce my business for free because they have an icon agent program. So top producers can literally, if you hit icon agent status, they gift you everything that you paid into the system back in stock options. Mm -hmm. Since I've been there, the stock has went from $2 a share to as high as $20 a share. Do the math, if we were at EXP Realty two years ago and we had icon agent status, that means they would have gifted us 8,000 shares of stock. Do you know what 8,000 shares of stock times $20 is? Ooh, simple math, 160 (laughs) grand, yeah. 160 grand. You show me another company that even has the opportunity to get stock for an agent to create that sort of wealth, and I'll bring 150 people with me tomorrow. Now, on top of that, add on that you can buy stock at a 20% discount out of every commission, and that's an option. And you have the opportunity to share in the revenue, which has just been a game changer for me, not going back into the corporate world. I produce more residual income in an 18 month time span i would i calculated the other day i would have to have roughly around three and a half to four million dollars invested in the stock market or in some sort of vehicle that's producing five or six percent in order to make the amount of residual income that i built in 18 months with zero capital contribution now we talk a little bit about the profit sharing model 
This mm-hmm. is not profit sharing. This is no. revenue share. Yeah. So this right? is off the top line. And I've ran brokerages with almost 3,000 people and literally ran in the red with 3,000 agents because of the liability, the overhead, the compliance. And this, I can still have my branding. I don't think that agents should brand a Coldwell Banker or a Century 21 because that can always change. Mm-hmm. Like you brand yourself and your values and everything else. And that's never going to change. You can change powered by EXP, Century 21, like all of that can change. Um, but if you're branding this brokerage and that brokerage shuts down, like, oh damn, do you got to start back over at that point in time? So I can literally run my business within this structure, less liability, less compliance, less capital contribution, and I can focus on what I'm good at which is helping agents underneath me produce more business, set up for the next REO cycle, like build teams underneath them. Because when I build their teams up, I win win. as well, right? So it's a really cool structure and we just have an amazing group that we we have some tools and systems that I know nobody else has access to, which is pretty cool. What do you tell people, you know, when when they're coming in and they have, questions on this whole exp model it, it's got hit as a you know as its own ponzi scheme pyramid sure. scheme i mean uh-huh. you know it's too good to be true um you know it, revenue share well you know kw has that in profit share what, what types of stuff have you heard and how have you overcome that man these are all just like as i've been in scripting for the past 12 years now this is just Uh-oh. that was me um i'm like This is all just people that are misinformed in my eyes. Mm -hmm. Like literally, I've evaluated hundreds of different models. I've acquired companies. I've had my own companies. This like provides the most opportunity that I've seen. This is the best option for me. And for all of these people that are naysayers, I'm like, look, how many reasons do I need to show you? Like I give, I bust out testimonials of new agents that come over and I give them 167 leads. Like they have three deals in escrow in their first three months type thing. Like, look, don't take my word for it. Like do your own research, call these people and talk to them. And so I really feel like these people are just misinformed, but this is kind of the difference. Me, I don't try and sell EXP. It's Mm -hmm. not about that. Like when I'm attracting agents, and this has kind of been my model from the start, I need to figure out what the problem is in your business. If I can figure out what the problem is in your business, I can solve it. EXP is the fastest vehicle to help me get you to your exit strategy. And that's what I tell people. So if you're having problems with lead generation, so if I can like help you produce more leads without paying, you know, without paying $300 $300 a month to Zillow, does that interest you? All of a sudden, yeah. Right? Like if you know, I, things like KV Core. Right. And yeah. I have agents that are producing one to six leads a day for free off of the KV Core training that I did. So again, but this is where, you know, people have misinformation because not everybody has built a company to 3,000 agents. And so they just go out there and vomit everything that they know about exp and it's not about exp it's not about remax it's about how can we solve these agents problems is it exit strategies do they have 401k pro like do they not have 401ks um is it lead generation do they want to get set up in the reo industry 
um, right? Do they want to use my auction platform that has helped my team take 15 listings in the last six weeks? Like I have to talk to them and pre-qualify them just with any other buyer or seller lead. And that's where most people miss the mark. They just go in like, hey, have you heard about eXp? And that's not my style at all. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't know about you. Like, tell me what's going good in your business. Are you on goal to hit? Like, are you on track to hit your goal? Oh, not tell me about that. Yeah, what's what needs to, what what needs to change? Yeah, that's funny because that's the same. That's the same type of strategy you have pretty much with any anybody. Mm-hmm. It's it is your prequal script. It is. Yeah, that's yeah, it works it. the same way. It's just you never really think to use that with your salespeople. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's what's been so successful to me and this is i'm definitely not the most successful person at exp by any means um but i am bringing on a lot of high caliber agents and it's growing very rapidly at this point in time and i think there's a reason for that um i may never be the fastest growing person and i'm okay with that because this is a marathon not a sprint to me and this is where i'm setting the building blocks for eight to 10 years out where my wife and I want to have our five to 10 acres in Puerto Rico and we want to have a tiny home community and executive leadership retreats and yoga retreats. I got a question. (laughs) You said Puerto Rico and Puerto Rico is a nice little spot. Mm -hmm. Tell me, is it because of the tax laws that are in that are super favorable in puerto rico or do you have any other reason yeah so there it's it's probably it's trifold for me one the tax reform changed i think around like 2014 Mm -hmm. which made it not beneficial for a lot of major corporations that were out there to be there so they started leaving the market was becoming depressed there the hurricane came in and knocked out the power grid which took that down another level and then the last part was I've had a lot of iBuyers or institutions. And so I was talking to one of my clients that owns 800 homes in Las Vegas. He was selling all of his homes there and buying every other commercial building that he could in Puerto Rico. This guy's much smarter than I am. I don't need to recreate the wheel. It's a U.S. territory. You can get financing for it. And in my eyes, I don't believe that you'll ever be able to buy beachfront property at those prices maybe ever Ever. again in our lifetime so those are the reasons i'm very bullish on it same thing why i don't like doing i don't have that herd mentality like i'm going to buck the system and the man wherever i can and you know i sold my investment properties here in the southwest because i feel like the market's at our peak Mm-hmm. Average market cycle is eight to twelve years, and I've been We're studying this. Twelve, yeah. Like you look at two thousand and seven to nineteen, that's twelve years. Now I'm not predicting a crash, but I think there has to be a correction at some point, which is why I'm helping align agents for the next REO cycle. But I took this equity, and I went and I bought eleven homes in Ohio in the last six months at this point, and those those eleven homes. I probably let's say I paid three hundred and fifty thousand dollars for all in are producing almost eleven thousand dollars in cash flow every single month, mm-hmm. and I don't even feel like they've hit the appreciation strides yet. No, so well those those places are are consistent on cash flow. Like you you have a good renters market, Ohio, Alabama, mm-hmm. Indianapolis, uh, 
I think it was Pittsburgh. I saw. I was looking at a couple different markets. Yeah. For those types of rentals, and they're they hit at at very bare minimum your one percent marker. So you're buying them, and your rent is at one percent of the value of the property. So I bought a duplex for fifty four thousand dollars that brings in sixteen hundred dollars a month in That's cash. That's much flow. better than one percent. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's crazy, and so like this is. So not only do I want to teach agents how to make more money, like what do we do with the money after we make it at the end of the day so that we have options? If the market goes down and production goes down, how are you still feeding our, your family as an independent contractor? Mm-hmm. And you don't have to go and you know get a, get a job working for somebody else. Like that's kind of the goal for me at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, that, that makes perfect sense. I mean, it, one of the things that I've learned about exp when you were talking about rev share is and you you kind of hinted at it already where you were were you talking you're looking at your residual income coming in and you're like how much money do i have to have invested in the stock market at a four percent eight percent return Mm -hmm. to get that kind of money the traditional model has always been earn get tax put money away buy real estate because real estate's kind of one of those golden things yeah but even then how much you know you're talking if you're if you're leveraged. I mean, you went through a leverage point. That's what ended up happening. You know, the last cycle. Yeah. So even if you're leveraged on that side, how prepared are you for when the market changes again? Because right. if you're still leveraged, are you doing it to yourself a second time? Right. And so this is where like I didn't want to like all of my properties here had 15 year notes on them. So the cash flow like I was maybe making four to five hundred dollars a month in cash flow. And I turned that into almost $11,000 a month in cash flow. And I think that I love Alabama. I love Ohio. I love Kansas. Um, you know, and there's a few other markets that I don't think have seen the appreciation yet. Because these same homes that I'm buying for twenty dollars to $50,000 last sold for seventy dollars to $120,000. And the hedge funds that I've helped purchase thousands of homes for, like good friends of mine own them and rent them. I call them like locusts. They go into a market, they chew up the inventory, they drive the price up. Oh, this isn't a good deal anymore. What's next? Mm -hmm. And then they just start hopping. I don't think they've been there yet. So when they get around to kind of that Midwest, I want to have this package of 50 or 100 homes with a bow on it kind of waiting for them because I'm buying homes. Check this out. I bought a home at a 34% cap ratio the other day. It's the highest cap ratio I've ever, ever evaluated in my entire life. And I've evaluated thousands of homes. Yeah, it's, it's unreal. And so this is where like on social media, I started, I can't take down everything. Dude, you're just popular. <laughs> popular. <laughs> um, this is where like I started putting out deals of the day. I was like, look, I can't buy this, but somebody should. Mm-hmm. And this is where, like, I'm teaching people, like, look, there's four, there's self-directed IRAs, there's IULs, there's vehicles that you can keep your money secure and borrow from yourself versus a bank mm-hmm. and leverage your money in two or three places. Yeah. Right? Speak and, to and, a professional because there are certain things where you need absolutely. to have, you know, be removed yourself, especially when you're doing self-directed IRAs to avoid yeah. any penalties sure but but yeah their strategies are there hundred mm-hmm. percent and so that's what i've done like a lot of these homes like i have money in an iul which is an index universal life insurance policy so it's a life insurance policy it's a retirement plan i and it's been making eight to nine percent a year the past couple of years it will continue to make that money there if the market crashes 
I'm capped at zero. So instead of going like this with your portfolio, yeah. it goes up and over, up and over, up and over. And I can borrow from myself at a three or 4% interest rate and then put it into something like that. Yeah. So, so in other words, you're making money on your money. Yeah. In two separate places. Yeah. Like it's bananas. But a lot of people aren't educated on this. And so the next step for our investment, uh, like, is actually we're looking at putting together a syndication because I think there's a lot of interest from this. And so our next step is we're looking, I'm talking to attorneys and, and other funds and stuff right now just to make sure that we can do this, but putting together a syndication or a fund where maybe it's a $25,000 investment, but instead of you trying to manage that, find all the resources and stuff, like you have a team we'll, that's yeah. doing it. So maybe we raise a million dollars and maybe we can buy 30 or 40 homes with that. We have the property management, the contractors and stuff like that in place. It's a great investment um, you know, for the investor at the end of the day because now we're diversified. Because if you go and buy one home, if it's rented out 100% of the time, awesome. If it's not. If it's not, like, rate. oh man, like that starts eating away. So if we're diversified, so that's kind of our next step. And uh, we're with, actually hoping to have this figured out by August. With the syndications, you, you mm -hmm. do need to have groups of accredited investors? Accredited investors, yeah. There's uh, So we've talked to some attorneys on that. We're looking at SEC laws and stuff because if you have more than x amount of people so that's we're just kind of doing our diligence to see what the hurdles are and what's the easiest way to accomplish it, everybody's goals at the end of the day yeah well with the syndication you end up going after uh basically people you don't know right that's where the sec laws come in mm -hmm. right because otherwise you can partner up with like your own group of friends put together a partnership and go out and do that but you guys right. are actually looking to get funds like open it up basically yeah and so like let's say you have a brother that i've never met or something like that and like make it very beneficial and even like yeah we could have our own llc like let's say the five of this in this room and we don't have to mess with sec mm -hmm. but when we start talking into like where members don't have a controlling interest in it and how many members we have then we start playing in some different SEC rules and regulations that we want to make sure that we have nailed down to a T because that's how I like backfire yeah. that, that yeah point. absolutely dude well I got a question then talk to me I'm new to EXP and mm -hmm. I'm trying to build a team out what advice would you give to a rookie coming into this new thing like I, what, where do I, what's the first step I take so I know you're not supposed to answer a question with a question, but I think I have to here. <laughs> is I would ask you, what value do you bring to somebody else? Mm -hmm. If you can't answer that question, it's going to be a, it, like, I'm not saying that you won't have success because right. you've, you've been successful in everything that you've done from what I've seen and what I've researched on you, but you're going to go through a lot of trial and error. So... This is where when I coach and train people, what is your, like, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have a goal, like, okay, by 2020, I wanna have X amount of people in my organization, it's hard to build a plan for that, right? If an agent wants to do 20 deals a year, I can work the math backwards to figure out how many people they need to contact every single day in order to hit that goal. Then it's up to them. And so, your value proposition and your goals come into play on what that looks like, right? If you just want to grow a team, 
Well, man, just start talking to people. Even if you say the wrong thing, like your team's gonna grow by a couple of agents, but that may not satisfy your appetite. Your expectations and results might be a little off. I like that. Does that so make, make sense? A plan. No, that totally makes sense. Because your action, like your goals and your actions have to align. Absolutely. And most of the time they don't. People are like, the most common answer in real estate when I'm like, well, what's your goal this year? Oh, I want to make $100,000. I'm like, what the hell is $100,000 going to do for you? Like you make 60 now. The difference between 60 and 100 after Uncle Sam and everything like that is not very, very much difference mm. in, in your take home. Well, I mean, well, let me ask you this. When you sit down with people, um, I, I find personally that there's two different barriers. There's the one who's going to plan but doesn't take action. Mm-hmm. And there's the one who takes, you know, goes full force and takes action but never has a plan. Mm-hmm. Which one would you rather have as far as bringing onto your team? So I personally would rather the person take action and learn from it. I, w- I, w- I had this conversation uh, with a very successful client today. She literally makes $600,000 a year in real estate. Like the top 5% of realtors in the country. And she's so hesitant to dropping an ad because she doesn't want it to be worded. Like that perfection is stunting her growth. Mm-hmm. So... I would much rather somebody just be bullish and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recruit five agents this month for my team and go out there and do it and learn lessons from it and be like, okay, I'm never doing that again. This worked well and adjusting the plan after that versus somebody, I do this all the time and I've learned my lesson. Like these 12, uh, like I was, I was attracting some agents there in Houston for my team I gave four agents each the same 167 leads that I produced off of Facebook. And I was like, you come on with me, like I'll literally give you 167 leads. And people were like, that's not right. Like what if they're all calling the same person? I knew in my experience that I would be happy if one of them actually called those leads. Mm -hmm. Because everybody talks about what they want. Are you willing to take the action? The one that actually took the action reported back to me, Larry, I have eight people that are like getting pre-qualified. I'm taking one out showing homes. I was like, you're the one. Like That's what it makes sense. Yeah. I, I'm like, Let me give you something of value. Show, yeah. show me that you actually valued what I gave you mm-hmm. and now you're welcome aboard. The others are like, I, and I'll follow up with them. I knew what the, what the results were already. Hey, like, how did those leads go? Oh, well, I called them. I reached out to them. Like, all of these, they, they were bad leads. I was like, oh, really? Okay, cool. But you're not going to get very much more of my time. Like, fool me once. Like, shame on me. Uh, shame on you. I don't know how yeah, the whole thing. Fool me once. I read that <laughs> just exactly today. Fool me once. Shame on me. Fool me twice. No, fool me once. Shame on you. Yeah. Fool me twice. Shame on you. Yeah. And so... I kind of take that approach like I will give anybody a chance because whether you're a new agent, experienced agent, it doesn't matter. Show me what you can do. I will give anybody the opportunity like that will open the door. Your performance is going to keep you in the door. And when you show me that performance, I will open up a world of opportunities. Most people are not willing to kind of follow through. And so I'll set up a business plan with somebody if they don't follow through with that. Like they won't have another business meeting with me until they've accomplished those action items. Dude, that's simple. Yeah. Actually. 
<laughs> it's yeah. very, pretty straightforward. Man, I, I talk about this with like literally I have coaching clients that make seven figures plus in real estate. We don't talk about, there's not like, like this is the secret answer to make, like be successful. We literally hammer on the basics and make sure that their core four pillars of business lead generation are functioning and running very efficient every single call. And if we need to tweak or adjust that in order to hit our goals. What do you talk to when you talk to high producing agents what what does a conversation like that usually go by i mean what are what are those four pillars that you're that you're focusing your attention on so the four main pillar like i recommend every agent have four pillars of business one is going to be your past client center of influence like are you calling them are they in your database are you reaching out to them etc if you're not like there's no need to talk about anything else right um and I don't dictate what these four are, but these are probably the four most common. Past clients, center of influence, online lead generation, that can be Zillow, Trulia, Facebook, um, squeeze pages, it's irrelevant to me. How, uh, like what are you producing online? Open houses, right? Because they're, they're free. And then I generally let somebody like, what's what other thing are you going to do? Like what other, form do you want is this newspaper ads is this seminars whatever it's gonna be yeah you just tell me what you're going to do once we have those four so you have a diversified business plan now we can create a marketing plan so if it's online lead gen how many ads are you posting a week because once we start tracking that data we can see if that's working or not and we can say okay this isn't producing the results we need we either need better follow-up or we need more ads because we've got to cram more into the pipeline Past client center of influence. How many people have you called? And you know how many appointments did you set? If not, maybe it's a scripting problem. So each one of those, when we start tracking the numbers, will identify a bottleneck on where we need to adjust your business plan. Yeah, keep track, keep track. If it's and not it, measurable, you can't grow. That's yeah. true, that's true. Uh, same with goals, uh, my wife and I, uh, yeah, my wife is a little bit hippie and I'm getting way more hippie as I get older here. <laughs> and so yesterday was a solar eclipse, right? And this had like the moon cycles and all of this, like like there was a, this manifestation that I did with her yesterday sitting on the beach of Mission Bay and we were kind of meditating out there. And then afterwards we kind of wrote down some goals. And so we wrote down some goals and we realized after it, we we're like, man, these were more just like manifestations that we wrote down, not goals, because they're not specific, they're not measurable, there's not actionable, there's no timelines attached to them. So it's hard, it's gonna be really hard for us to determine, like, are we on track for these or mm-hmm. not? So they were good starts, but now, like practicing what we've reached, we have to go back and like modify those to make sure that we can, <coughs> excuse me, track our progress to make sure that we're getting the results that we want. Yeah. What do we say, James? Uh, goals without action plans are just dreams, right? Yep. Goals yeah. without action plans are just dreams. And dreams are good to have. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, there's like wrong with dreaming, cool. right? Yeah. But if you actually want to make them happen. This is true. You got to get a little more specific. And that's, a, that's the difference, right? Like, um, you know, how much leverage is there? And I talk to people a lot about this, man. Like, because everybody wants to be successful, and I put that in quotes because successful might be different for mm-hmm. you, for me, you know, to Jose. Like, 
success is like discretionary. So if we create this plan, you have to have a big enough why that gets you to move your ass, man. Mm-hmm. Right? And so for me, you want me to share my why? Hell yeah. So my why is $4.38. Okay, you're going to have to elaborate on I, that. I will elaborate <laughs> on that. So I had dated my, my wife, my queen, right? Like we had dated our last, my last uh, semester of college. And summertime was coming. She was coming back here to California. And we were like, look, if we're both single, like we don't want to force anything. Like if it's meant to be, we'll both be. And we both got into other relationships. And I told my best friend then, I was like, damn, that was the one. Like that was the one that got away. And so my follow-up game is strong, man. Like (laughs) my follow-up game is on point. Like... And it, it always has been. Like, you can ask my wife, literally, religiously, almost every six months, she got a call from me. Hey, how are things going? Hey, I'm going to Vegas. Do you want to go with me? She's like, I have a boyfriend. I'm like, oh, is that a yes or a no? Like, I, didn't really, <laughs> I don't really understand what you're saying, right? Like, but it was religious uh, until, like, I had an opportunity. I used to be, like, a capitalist Republican. Since, man, I've changed so much in the last eight years where there's definitely more things more important to me than money now. And she is like a tree-hugging liberal. And so I was starting a nonprofit called Shoe for Africa where we collect these used running shoes from, uh, from like P.F. Chang's Rock and Roll Marathon. We'd package them up. We'd send them to our counterparts in Kenya. And we'd give them to the local tribes and stuff to help prevent diseases that were there. And I was like, look, I don't have feelings like I need your help in doing this whole nonprofit. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I need your help. Like, help me just like sympathize. I know this is a good thing. I know we should be doing this. And literally within eight months, like we were engaged after that because I was like, okay, never again. Are you leaving my side? Am I? Am I? Yes. Am I? Am I letting you go at this point? But when. We first started dating. So I invited her to help me. I was like, look, go have coffee with me. And this was when I lost everything. Like my house, foreclosure, short sale, etc. I took her to Starbucks and my card was declined for $4.38. The pain, the agony, like the embarrassment. I was like, fuck, never again. Like... I will never feel that feeling again. So now if I wake up and maybe I'm tired or maybe like I stayed up too late or whatever, like that is my leverage because now we have three beautiful kids. Like what if that was to happen at their birthday party, Mm -hmm. right? How do like now it's not just shame on me, like it's shame on my entire tribe and family. And so when I'm like, oh, should I do this? It's like bullshit. There's not an option. Right. And most people's why is not half of that because it doesn't drive them to do the things that they don't want to do, because that's the only way that you're going to get the results that you don't have right now. I like that. I love that, dude. Yeah. I got asked the other day on the thing that I'm most scared of or the thing that drives me. And for me, it was it was I told him it was my greatest um, detriment. And it's also the the thing that drives me. It's it's my pride. And that whole four dollars and thirty eight cents really reminds me of that sort of thing. I, I, you know, you can have fun with me, you can laugh with me, but when I was younger, if you laughed at me, 
That was a whole <laughs> different ballgame. You know what I mean? That's that's totally different. And I, I think that's one of the but it's it's something that helps me now too. I take great pride in when when I'm able to help, you know, some of my students reach like uh, the light bulb go off sure. in their head, you know what I mean? Like that to me, that pride that that I will never be in that lower situation. I had a similar situation. I was pretty broke at one point in my life too. I never wanna ever have that feeling ever again yeah and I, I love that why that's a great why and i like how you named it 438 <laughs> like that number will be ingrained i oh, like yeah. i've thought about putting a tattoo on my arm like but you'll see like on my dream boards and everything in my office like it's plastered like <clears throat> there's accountability there's reminders and stuff and i've had otherwise right like i've had these like sixteen thousand dollar watches and cars and stuff like that and when i accomplish them it was kind of void. Like, yeah. like it, it never really, yeah, yeah, like, okay, so you buy this car, like, well, there's a bigger, faster car, like, there's a bigger, faster, like, there's a better watches, like, there's always something more. So if you're not grateful for what you have now, like, it's just more stuff. Well, I mean, and I, I've seen vision boards like that. I've seen, I've, I've even had the same type of thing where I, my goal is to achieve X, to earn X, mm-hmm. or to buy X. Those, but those those things. I like your why because it's not. It, it is monetarily, but it is mon. It is a dollar why, but it, it's so much more than that. It's it's a feeling. It's it's a. You don't want to get to that void in your life. You don't want to. You you you. That signifies everything that you want to push forward in your life. Mm-hmm. That signifies everything. Like without even saying it, that's. I want to pay for my kids' college. I want my kids to have the best things in this life. I want them to have opportunities that I didn't have. Like all that is said in that same four dollars and thirty eight cents. Yeah, and so dude, it burns me up, man. Like, like I start thinking about that. It's like, all right, it's go time. Like that's where you know, we were joking around Larry M F White, right? Yeah. Like that's the alter ego. Like, all right, it's time for Larry M F White, not Larry White Jr., right? Like <laughs> it's Larry motherfucking White. Like let's go. Like get out of the way. Like you want to face me, face me. But like I'm going this direction. Like you're either with me or you're not, and I'm cool either way. I love it, dude. Larry, mm. you're amazing today. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Oh, yeah, the auction platform. Um, yeah, dude, it, I feel like, so I've been working with auction platforms for the last three years now. And I mean, it has been such a game changer to offer options to clients, right? So when I teach an agent to sit down in a listing presentation, we <clears throat> give people three different options. And we say, well, look, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, like, so at the end of the day, we've talked about what we can do and there's three options to sell your home. Like I have iBuyers lined up. If you don't want to deal with the hassle of selling your home, let me know. I can get a cash offer to you within 48 hours. Odds are it's not going to be at market value, but sometimes that fits your needs if you have to do something fast. We can list it traditionally, which is what everybody else is doing here in the market. Um, or we can use this other platform where uh, I have a free 14-day listing package. I market and advertise your home for 14 days. You don't pay a dollar, and I've been generating 40 to 50 offers on each of the properties, and you don't pay the commission. Which one of these do you, works best for you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I can tell you hands down as a homeowner. Option and, three, please. Yeah, and then if that doesn't work, like they have so many options, 
like with those 47 offers, they can accept an offer and move forward. They can reject all of them, or we can go back and counter on, on any of those. <clears throat> and so it's something that they're like agents just aren't aware of on how to use it and how to explain it, which is why I've created the scripting, created the listing presentation. And now this is what I've used to take 15 listings in the last six weeks which most agents can't even fathom, right? Like well, some you've agents- you've overcome the number one objection at any listing appointment, which is- Commissions. Yeah. Yeah. Like how much are you gonna charge? Will you discount your commissions? Like now, if they sit there and they're like, well, so-and-so said they would list my home for 1%, I'm be like, well, why are they charging you so much? <laughs> oh, <laughs> right? Yep. So it's such a game changer. And then it's actually producing results mm -hmm. because now we can put on the MLS the list price of our starting bid, which is generally well under market value. And everybody and, takes a look at which that. Which is why we're getting hundreds of people through our open house. So like this is what I would tell agents, right? Like if you're not like if you're not taking a listing a week, if you're not getting a hundred people through your open house, like we need to talk because mm -hmm. you're doing it wrong. And it doesn't have to be that hard. Like you just need to find out what your client's problems are. As you said, commission is generally the biggest problem. So we've taken that, we've solved that part of the solution. I'm curious to know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> we're definitely going to be talking more <laughs> yeah dude it's just a game changer and uh, like this is where i like i've been working on it for three years i've helped hundreds of agents do similar type of results and now i'm testing it myself as i determined i didn't want to go back into the corporate realm and it's working 10 times better than i anticipated so now i'm going to these different market areas and i want to find like that one person that wants to change their business and career and helping them <coughs> build out open house agents, right? Take more listings and just kind of go through this process. Who really wants to build a, a yeah. production, a product, a producing team? How bad do you want it? Because yeah. I have the plan. Like I have the plan. You just have to determine whether you want to follow the plan or not. Whoo! You mean here's a map? <laughs> That's it. Get to, to get from point A to point Z, all I got to do is take those steps. That's it. I like that plan. Wow. This is why uh, Jose said, you need to meet Larry. <laughs> you, you need to sit down and talk to Larry. He's been telling me for a while. Yeah. He's like, I was like, well, where's Larry at? Well, he's in Houston. <laughs> well, it's a hop, skip, and a jump away. It was a flight like two hours, two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Yeah. yeah right? It's not yeah. too bad. I think we're going to have to go visit Larry again you, you here might, soon. You might. Like, I, I ju actually just started a radio show out there. Like, maybe we can reverse it next Let's time. Let's do that. I'll have you on the radio show out there. Um, yeah, we have some interest with the nonprofit on a, on a radio station out there. And like the whole goal is to educate the public. So mm -hmm. our segment is on financial literacy. And so we host uh, first time homebuyer classes, like HUD counseled classes, down payment assistance. Uh, we do a lot of things just to educate. And I have uh, different like professionals in all the time. So dude, I would love to have you guys on. Heck yeah, that'd be cool. Give me a reason to go to Texas again. Yeah. Maybe show us <laughs> around Austin. Maybe you get right in that truck. <laughs> 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 all right all right larry uh let's wind this thing up i want you to look uh look in the camera right here yeah now you've given a lot of value for people to take up take you up on yeah how do they get a hold of you 
So you can follow me on any social media platform and my handle is at Larry MF White. Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, at Larry MF White. Um, you can call me anytime, 602-206-1262 or you can email me. Larry MF White at gmail.com. That's as easy as I can make it. That is easy. Nobody nobody puts the MF in their name <laughs> except for Larry MF White. <laughs> and uh, literally, so like I said, like I'll give anybody a chance. Like you can have 15 minutes of my time anytime and, and let's talk and see if there's even an option for me to help you. I might fill you out. And if you're not willing to do the action steps, probably don't need to talk until mm-hmm. you, you know, you're ready, ready to commit. But I'll talk with anybody if I can help you out, whether it's aligning for REOs, um, whether that's using the auction platform, or just converting more of your business that you have now at a higher level. Like, I would love to talk to you. Perfect. I'm I'm gonna definitely hit him up, ladies and gentlemen. So we're we're gonna be talking here very very soon because I think I think having that map laid out mm-hmm. and you know just being able to talk. I mean, we do the same thing. We just talk to agents every single day. And there's hear- patterns of success you'll yes. find. There's patterns of success. The people at the top of the food chain, any industry. There's very similar patterns. Yes. You don't have to recreate the wheel. No, and that, that's what I'm finding. But the cool thing is I'm talking to all these people and figuring out what their individual problems are. Yeah. So now I'm, now I'm able to identify problems and I'm opening up the doorways to solutions. Mm-hmm. And that's, to me, game changing. I love just, like I told you, the light bulb. Bling. Yeah. So, sir, I'm going to have you light up my light bulb here soon. <laughs> it, it, it's, a, it's a cool feeling to kind of give back and, and help people kind of achieve their goals and stuff at the end of the day. 100%. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool feeling. All right. One more question. Who do you think would be a good guest to have on the podcast? Who would be a good guest to have on the podcast? Even if they're in Houston, we can do a Zoom video. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, so, like... If that auction platform interests you, I actually have like Robert Weichelt that's here in the Houston area that's literally following that here plan. In San Diego? That, oh, I'm I've sorry. seen him, yeah. I, I actually we talked to him at the EXP event and I think he's on the schedule to be on the show soon too. Okay. Yeah. So that's one like he's literally I sat down with him because he was running for congressman here in San Diego. Was like, dude, this is too much. Like it's like not as cool as I thought. Like there's a lot of mudslinging. Like this is not what I want. I'm getting back into real estate. We talked to him. He's literally been following the plan and is just crushing it. Oh yeah. I see him on Facebook all the time. He's, he is tearing it up. He had an open house here locally in San Diego, 308 people through it because he followed the plan that we set up using the platform yeah we're talking <laughs> <laughs> so that that would be one for sure <clears throat> all right cool we're gonna tag robert and if he's not a guest we're gonna get him on the show as soon as possible larry dude thanks a lot man for coming on the show. I, I thought i was gonna be able to ask oh, wait, you I'm said i that. was gonna be able to ask a question here see that's why it's a new segment we always forget about <laughs> it all right well, ladies and gentlemen time to ask the bros you can ask either one of us a question uh, business personal however it works so one of the things that i find interesting among patterns of success is people's morning routine. What does each of your guys' morning routine look like? Ooh, mine shifts depending on school school or not school. So okay. right now I'm up at about 6 o'clock instead of 5 o'clock. Um, I hit the gym, come home, 
Uh, I start journaling. I got my journal sitting right there. Love it. That's key for any of you guys. That was a game changer for me. Right. That that to me has been one of the biggest uh, of all things. Like I I know I don't do the meditation. I don't do the affirmations. I probably should. But for me, the biggest thing that made the change, and maybe it's because my affirmations and and meditation is in the writing. Sure. Maybe that's how it works for me. I don't know. But but it's definitely get up early, drink a lot of water. Uh, workout and and uh, journal love it dude those are probably like three of the six things that are most common in the patterns of that morning routine so that's awesome touche bro thank you, you. my man uh saying uh, pretty similar working out um i do the meditation i don't do the journaling okay. uh breakfast is important okay gotta have a, a good bowl of cereal <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah just uh I guess that's the main part of it is the working out and the meditation. That's the two things. Okay, so working, but but like the goal is that you guys are taking time to work on yourselves. Yes. Most people wake up, especially when we have kids and they're so reactive. Mm-hmm. Like if your kids wake you up, you're just responding to other people's problems from day, day one, one yeah. and then you have no time to work on yourself. Actually, there is one thing to add to that. So the moment that I wake up, me. The moment that I wake up, and this is something that uh, that I just started a month ago, so that's why I forgot about it for a second. Um, as soon as I wake up, before I do anything else, I start like the first five minutes just appreciating life, uh-huh. just appreciation. Just okay, I'm awake. Uh, I started playing uh, this alphabet game, so I'll start with A, and I'll think of words that get me. Uh, to better feeling thoughts. So I'll start with appreciation and allowing, and then I'll go into B, and I feel brilliant, and uh, everything is bomb. You know, I mean, it's just throwing stuff out there right now. Yeah. And, you know, and just keep going through the alphabet for as long as I can. Beautiful. Before I go for the run. Beautiful. I love it, man. We nice have job. a lot of, we've had a number of discussions because he's all, he's very much mindset oriented. Yeah. Right. And so he's always about, you know, get your mind right. If you're, if things are going negative, take a time out, recenter yourself. And me, I'm more of an action guy. I'm like, mm-hmm. look, let's just go do this, this, and this. He's like, wait, give me a second. Like, yeah. You know? So we've had conversations all the time. The question I asked you, the person who thinks it all out or the person who takes action, which one would you prefer? Because mm-hmm. I'm definitely the action. He's definitely the thinker. Sure. And so Pros you know, and cons to each, right? And oh, I, at the end of it, it's like who's most coachable. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Like 100%. who is going to take those experiences, whether you wait a little bit longer to implement or whether you take action right away, how do you learn from that and make it better, faster, stronger, you know, on the next side? Yeah. Well, and the other thing is you work together. Uh-huh. So like, you know, sometimes I'm hitting the gas and he's pumping the brakes. And sometimes it's the other way around. He's sure. hitting the gas and I'm like, whoa, you know, bring it down a little bit. Yeah. But it, it, it's a it's a good balance between the two. That's cool, Appreciate man. It. Like it. Great question. Yeah. It's always interesting. And so yeah. like that's one of the things I ask, like even in some of the interviews that I've had with CEOs of companies and stuff, they're like, any questions? I'm like, yeah. Like, what's your morning routine look like? Like what's important to yeah, you, yeah. right? Like what do you care about outside of business? And that's where I said like there's been this big shift in me. It's not like obviously you're successful. You're the CEO of a company. <clears throat> you're successful in somebody's eyes, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Again, like whether 
you identify as my success or not is totally different. And that's what I need to know if we're going to do business together. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one of the things that I've been saying a lot on the show is defining success. Like for me, one of the, one of the words that I'm staying away from or I'm trying to stay away from a redefining is the word retirement. Like I don't like retirement anymore because I feel people have put in 30, 40 years at a job, they retire and then they die because they've never had a purpose and they don't have anything to go forward on. Yeah. They just, they give up. Like it's over, okay, and they tell they literally tell themselves it's over. Their body realizes it's over, and then, right? Yeah. So, so one of the things I've been trying to focus, especially with my young people, is is what is it that thing that you wake up for every day? If you wake up in the morning, you hit the snooze button, you're literally telling yourself, "I'd rather be unconscious than conscious for my day." Ooh, that's right? deep. And so, deep. so if I can figure out what's that thing that makes you happy, yeah, and you learn to generate a revenue around that. Yeah. Even if you don't make a ton of money, you're going to work till you're 90 because you love that thing. Yeah. Right. Whatever it is that you're doing. And, you know, you can define success with a dollar amount and things and all that stuff. But for me, ultimately, it's that what is it that wakes you up every day? When if you, you can, love what you do, it's, it's not, work. not work. Exactly. Exactly. Like I, I've had this conversation with my wife for the last six years. I'm like, damn, I get paid for this. Mm-hmm. Like, and I get compensated really well for this. Like, and I'm just literally having fun do you have an alarm do i have an alarm yes but i generally wake up 15 to 30 minutes before before yeah like, so you're when you wake up is it is it one of those feelings where like all right time to go it's go time yeah yeah because it generally <clears throat> I'm, I'm on my way to the gym at 4 30 every single morning like mm-hmm. jose has came to visit me and it's like all right like let's wake up poppy it's time to go <laughs> it's time to go we gotta be there like we gotta be done by six o'clock and because then i got the rest of my morning routine to come after let's go he took me that day and, and i was pumped about it so i was like yeah i'm gonna work out too with him right mm-hmm. then i saw their work i'm like i'm not doing this <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna pass out it's crossfit it's, it's completely different there i from, do do crossfit yeah, yeah. yeah it's that completely different dude. there from my training like, yeah his is like Go, go, very go, very go. cardio yeah, intense yeah. intense for sure yeah I've, I've never done crossfit i've always seen it and oh man it's tough i've done like insanities and p90x interval training type uh-huh. stuff but but i, I have a hard time because if i commit to something i'm gonna do it yeah and i just have i've had i haven't had the the spot to like commit to the crossfit yet yeah but there will come a time there will come a time yeah, it's fun, man. Like, uh, it's a great community. Like, I've seen more results in the last eight. Like, I'm more fit now than when I wrestled at ASU in college. Like, I can lift more. I'm faster. I'm stronger. My cardio is better. And as the older I get, the more fit because you do this open every single year mm-hmm. that ranks you around the world. And every year I get more and more fit the older I'm like, dude, this is like this is reverse good. aging. Like, yeah. this is awesome. Well, let's think about it. <laughs> Mentally, I, I feel like guys don't really age very much. Like, right. you know, we, we, we get some maturity along the way. But yeah. I still see myself as like a 21-year-old kid. Yeah. You know? And sometimes I look in the mirror, I'm like, okay, well, maybe not. But <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it, right? Yeah. And, and no, that's good to know that, you know, I, maybe I should do CrossFit. I'm getting, I'm, I'm not getting any younger. Am I go? Today? I'm scared. No, I can't today. <laughs> I'm not even going to say yes to that today. No. It's cool. Everybody likes a quitter. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> got me. Got me. <laughs> well, on that note, we got to quit this show. <laughs> no, but Larry, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for coming down. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks for 
all the heads up and i'm definitely gonna gonna reach out to you because i want to know more about this auction thing absolutely 100 look forward to it so he's gonna i and i gotta put it out there he's gonna give me a, a storyline a little map that i need to follow so ladies and gents time to follow a map let's That's do it, it. don't let's recreate do it. the wheel don't recreate the wheel I'm, I'm all for not recreating the wheel all right, ladies and gents, quick reminder, 365 pairs of shoes by the end of the year. So if you have new used cash donation, hit up James, 619-884-0045 or james at csfirst.com. And if you have any insurance needs, whether it's life, health, PNC, uh, commercial, whatever it is, or you want to add insurance into your business, hit James up, 619-884-0045 or james at csfirst.com. That's all we got for you guys today. Peace. Bye-bye. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email, businessbros at csfirst.com right now or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show.